Reach Freaks. Invisible Choir explores detailed depictions of violence and murder and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. As 29-year-old Jared Chance sat behind bars, patiently awaiting his formal arraignment and indictment for Ashley Young's murder, Grand Rapids police and crime scene technicians continued meticulously combing through every square inch of the rental property at 922 Franklin Avenue over the next several days. For someone who had allegedly bragged that he knew how to commit and get away with what he called, quote, the perfect murder, Jared Chance had left behind a battery of telling evidence in his Franklin Avenue apartment, beginning in the front stairwell landing. As you were opening that, uh, that black garbage bag, what is it that you saw? I saw limbs. Was it 186? Does that uh, reflect what you ultimately found in that box? Yes. Can you specify for the record what you mean by limbs? I saw two thighs and with the knee attached and calf, no feet and two arms uh, from the shoulder, elbow, forearm, no hands. Next to the box containing Ashley Young's handless and footless limbs, police found a bright purple tote, a type of reusable bag that most people use for grocery shopping. Exhibit 46 is a photograph of the contents of the purple tote that was on the uh, stairwell on the landing. And what my photo reveals there's, there's plastic wrapper, there's a pair of shoes, there's a prescription medication bottle, and there's also a, a few pla- clear plastic shower curtain rings. Crime scene technician Karen Ann Curtis also noted several visible reddish-brown apparent bloodstains on the south landing wall, midway up the stairs next to the box that contained Ashley's upper and lower limbs. She also noted the same pair of size 11 black women's leather boots that police had observed while detaining Jared Chance on December 2nd. Next to the cardboard shipping box and purple tote, she also found another cardboard box, this one from a comfort brand oscillating fan. And like the other box, it too had a black plastic trash bag protruding from the top. I'm referring to my report because I have several pages of reporting. Uh, The cardboard fan box, at the southwest corner of the landing was photographed, noting black tra- plastic trash bags, pieces of duct tape. Um, the bag, the trash bag contained a wet green blanket with staining, wet white gray plaid fitted bed sheet with staining, a pair of women's Sonoma jeans size 18, purple panties, and a black shirt. Exhibit 182 is a close-up photo of the black shirt that was removed from the fan box. Exhibit 183 is a picture of the the back of the same shirt. And uh, this is actually turned inside out. Uh, I turned it inside out to show that there's some type of matter near the the top shoulder area of the shirt. Exhibit 184 is a close-up photo with a scale inserted of 
the matter that was visible on the shirt, on the interior side of the shirt. All of the bloodied women's clothing, crudely stuffed inside of black plastic trash bags, belonged to Ashley Young. So too did the black hooded sweatshirt. The garment provided detectives with a vital clue. The rear right shoulder was covered in dark reddish brown blood staining, and what technicians later described as, quote, a significant amount of matter. The large stained area and collection of matter still clinging to the sweatshirt strongly suggested to police and the medical examiner that Ashley Young likely died of either a gunshot wound to the head or of significant blunt force trauma. But without having access to her head itself, the medical examiner would never be able to affirm for certain Ashley Young's certifiable cause of death. Uh, no, um, in particular, if that uh, substance uh, it seems to be consistent with, with dry blood uh, or tissue or both, and if someone had a stroke, I wouldn't expect to see that uh, degree of, of blood and or tissue uh, on that uh, shirt, no. If, some, if Ashley had been strangled, would you expect this type of soil? Uh, no, I would not. The, with strangulation, um, you may get a pulmonary edema, fluid in the lungs, and you may get some passive fluid coming out the nose and mouth, but, but not, uh, not to that degree, no. When you look at that, but, uh, is that a possibility that Ashley died of blunt force trauma on the right side of her head? Uh, it is. Uh, blunt trauma meaning uh, an injury to the body caused by a blunt force, uh, either some sort of an object striking the body or, uh, you know, fists or another part of a body striking the body. Uh, with this amount of uh, apparent dried blood tissue, and then I would expect some sort of open wound uh, like you'd see in a, in a blunt uh, object striking the head uh, where you get a splitting of the scalp and then you get a large amount of bleeding with that sort of uh, uh, mechanism. The testimony uh, presented to the jury that the defendant owned a 20, the Smith and Weston 22 caliber revolver. Uh, look at the body, you look at that exhibit, is that consistent with a gunshot wound to the head? Uh, it, it could be that um, when you have a, a gunshot wound to the head, you're going to have blood and perhaps even some tissue that will come out of either the entrance or the exit if there, if there is an exit. And uh, those wounds usually bleed fairly uh, uh, prominently uh, because there's so much blood flow to the head. As detectives began piecing together the crime scene, what remained of Ashley Young's dismembered body would leave investigating technicians and the medical examiner with other vital clues about the likely timeline of her death and the actions taken by her killer in the immediate aftermath of her murder. Yes, so the uh, red areas on the skin surface on the back and the right side, that is where the uh, skin has sloughed off. So with decomposition, the uh, skin will, the body deteriorates and you know, the skin will begin to just uh, slip away, especially if there's some uh, pressure applied to the skin, it will, it will slide off, if you will. It's just part of the decomposition or deterioration. And so the reason it looks uh, kind of a orangish, yellowish, red color is because once that skin sloughs, sloughs off, then the underlying tissue starts to dry. And so it gets this uh, color from just exposure to air or drying. 
And so that is a, a post-mortem artifact of, of decomposition or deterioration of the body. And so with this position, this is an anti-gravity position because the torso is, is uh, on its stomach. And so you expect the lividity to be in the front, but in this position, the lividity is on the back. So what that means is that she, after death, she was on her back for a period of time before she's then moved, approximately 12 hours or more. But a reasonable estimate for date of death would have been on or about uh, November 29th, uh, based on the post-mortem changes. Crime scene technicians were already primed to be on the lookout for any evidence of small caliber spent casings, as Jared Chance was known to show off his 22 caliber revolver pistol, a firearm that was small enough that a bullet would likely enter someone's skull and cause fatal damage, but that was too small to possess enough force to continue through and out a possible exit wound. The discovery of Ashley Young's torso in the basement, which showed evidence of lividity along the back, also indicated to police early on that her body had likely remained on its back for at least 12 hours in the place she had been killed. Kent County Chief Deputy Medical Examiner Dr. David Stark also noted something practical regarding his experience conducting autopsies. Human skin and tissue is exceptionally resistant and prone to dulling blades very quickly. And what sort of sharp object was used, such as a knife, as the cutting continues through the skin, that blade is going to become dull. Uh, so, for instance, during the process of an autopsy, we use a very sharp scalpel blade. And even as sharp as that blade is, it does require some degree of effort to get through the skin. And then that blade will often get a little dull and we'll have to replace the blade. Um, so cutting through the skin takes some effort, uh, in particular, depending on how sharp the, the blade is. Something like a utility knife, possible way to cut through the, the skin and and the fat and the tissue and all that? Yes, a, a blade of that nature could cut through skin and tissue, yes. The final medical examiner's report also noted that Ashley Young's toxicology report revealed zero indication of any type of fatal drug overdose or toxicity. But her body was telling a story leading investigators to look for the very tools of her killing and dismemberment. Crime scene technicians knew early on that they were likely looking for some type of electrical or power saw, in addition to several dulled or broken blades, given the practically difficult task of dismembering a human body. They were also on the hunt for Jared Chance's 22 caliber revolver and any spent shells or casings in the home, in addition to any type of blunt object that may have served as the likely murder weapon. Instead, what they found inside of Jared Chance's 922 Franklin Avenue apartment was a bizarre collection of evidence that seemed to tell only half of the story. First, in the basement, nearest where Ashley Young's dismembered torso had been found, crudely bound in clear food-grade plastic wrap and a black and green insulated tarp. Crime scene technicians found a dulled Lennox brand skill saw blade in addition to several areas of dark reddish-brown staining. After taking apart the ventilation chambers leading into the basement furnace, they also discovered two spent 22 caliber bullet casings, a 
but there was no sign of Jared Chance's 22 caliber pistol anywhere. Near the furnace on the concrete floor, investigators also noted three clear shower curtain rings that appeared out of place. And though their presence didn't seem ominous at first, they would ultimately serve as one more piece of the puzzle in the mystery of Ashley Young's murder. Just upstairs from the basement and the common back porch area, technicians also found a collection of evidence suggesting that it represented a staging area of sorts. On the stacked washer and dryer units that downstairs neighbors Jakisha and Mario first noticed were out of place on November 29th, technicians found latent fingerprints that were later determined to belong to Jared Chance. They also found a large black trash can, a mop, and a large metal mop bucket. Inside of the mop bucket were distinct reddish-brown stains. In the black trash can, technicians found a large black plastic trash bag, the same type and variety that had contained Ashley Young's limbs and clothing on the front entry stairwell. Inside of the black bag, technicians found several additional critical clues. That's a, a boot that was removed from the black garbage can and a, a bathtub drain cover located inside that boot. That's the bathtub drain cover that was removed from the boot and that's the hemostics test that was uh, done on the top side of that drain showing a preliminary positive for the presence of blood. Technicians also found other valuable evidence inside of the black trash bag, including two additional dulled reciprocating skill saw type blades. One of the blades appeared broken. It was missing the fixture clip from the rear end. It also appeared to be covered in dark reddish brown staining Stains that were eventually confirmed to match a DNA sample from Ashley Young. They also discovered a box of Good and Tough brand 33-gallon black plastic trash bags, a pair of Jared Chance's blue pants that had Ashley Young's blood on them, several blue latex gloves, and multiple crumpled up pieces of bloodied paper towel. They also found a bottle of lemon-scented ammonia with a bright green price tag on top that read $1.89, Miss Tracy's. But it was ultimately the bathtub drain cover and lemon-scented ammonia bottle that would send investigators down two very different, yet equally important paths during their investigation. One path that led upstairs into Jared Chance's apartment bathroom, and the other down the street two blocks west to Miss Tracy's party and liquor store. One team focused their immediate efforts on examining every square inch of Chance's second-story apartment, where he left another battery of circumstantial evidence. Evidence that, again, suggested that only part of the crime had been committed in the rental property. Upon entering, technicians immediately noted a large pool of reddish-brown staining on the kitchen tile in front of the kitchen closet. The stain was nearly four feet across, and after crime scene technicians used chisels to tear up the large ceramic tiles, they found a significant amount of blood that had seeped down into the subfloor, with corresponding blood spatter on the kitchen crown molding trim. It was the likely spot where Ashley Young had been ambushed and murdered. On the kitchen counter, they also found several empty alcohol containers, all of which had also likely been purchased at Miss Tracy's party and liquor store. In the sink, technicians noted what appeared to be white Ajax or Comet brand cleaning powder, doused over a sink full of dishes. In the pea trap beneath, they discovered traces of bloodied human flesh and tissue. Crime scene techs also took great care to fully examine the apartment's heating and cooling ventilation shafts. Under one heat vent in the hallway, they discovered more than 400 hastily discarded 22 caliber ammunition cartridges. 
another sure sign that Jared Chance had likely tried to dispose of key evidence that demonstrated he possessed the likely murder weapon in the first place. Um, there was quite a bit of debris and trash in there, and then I also found 22 cartridges, a large amount. When you say 22, are you referring to the number of the cartridges you found or the caliber? The caliber. This is Exhibit 115. Uh, is that an example of what you were seeing? Yes, so that's the inside of the metal chute, almost, if you will. Kind of like the debris in there and then the cartridges. You get a little laser pointer? I think so, yeah, okay. So right here you can see some of the cartridges and all the gold color down in here. Those are all cartridges as well. Exhibit 97, is this kind of a sample of what you found? Yes, that's a sample. Uh, did you find uh, only cartridges or did you find something else? No. So what I did was I collected everything that was in that um, vent to take back and sort through at the police department. And going through it, I found 439 cartridges, but I also found two casings. In total, investigating crime scene technicians collected four 22 caliber spent casings without securing Jared Chance's alleged pistol, the discoveries were little more than convenient circumstantial evidence, as there was no reliable point of comparison to determine whether or not they had actually belonged to Jared Chance, or if they had actually been fired in the commission of Ashley Young's murder. The ammunition cartridges themselves were also too small for crime scene technicians to pull reliable latent fingerprint samples from. Although an interesting find, it seemed another dead end for investigators. But Jared Chance did leave behind several key clues in his bathroom, clues that ultimately suggested he had likely dismembered Ashley Young's body there, attempting to clean up the mess as he went. Immediately upon entering, it was clear to police that Jared Chance had spent a great deal of time and energy there, likely mutilating Ashley Young's body. On the bathroom sink countertop, they found several more empty beer cans, along with a can of Comet brand bathroom cleaning powder, the same type that had been used in the kitchen. On the floor, they found a pair of gray jeans belonging to Chance, and on the right pant leg, there was a large, distinct reddish-brown stain, one that would later return a positive match to Ashley Young's DNA. In the front pocket of that pair of jeans was Jared Chance's Capital One credit card. Laying on the floor next to the pants, was a blue lanyard necklace, complete with Jared Chance's work identification badge, along with several keys on the ring for the apartment. In the toilet, investigators noticed what appeared to be several soaking tissues covered in dark reddish-brown staining. After safely removing the toilet and placing it on top of a protective paper coating, they used a hammer to break open the porcelain trap. Inside, they found a utility knife, presumably one that had been used by Jared Chance to start the grisly task of dismembering Ashley Young's body. In the bathtub, investigators immediately noticed that the shower curtain was missing, but upon further inspection, noted that the tan-colored bath mat on the tub floor was still wet to the touch. They conducted a presumptive test to see if the mat contained any blood. The results immediately returned a preliminary positive. The tub drain cover was also missing, but had already been discovered in the black trash bag out in the shared back porch. 
Police already had a good start to their investigation, but were still missing pieces of critical evidence. For one, the murder weapon. Also, whatever saw had been used to dismember Ashley's body was nowhere to be found. And the shower curtain, which upon further investigation, represented the likely bloodied backsplash to the entire dismemberment process. All signs clearly pointed to Jared Chance. The 29-year-old had little room to explain away his involvement in Ashley Young's murder. The Comfort brand fan box on the front landing that contained Ashley's bloodied clothing also belonged to Jared Chance, as police discovered the actual corresponding fan itself upstairs in his apartment. They also noted early on that Jared had his own stacked washer and dryer units upstairs, so there was absolutely no reason for his fingerprints to have been on the stacked units that sat directly in front of the basement door, where Ashley's torso had been initially discovered. Inside of the machines were several items of Jared's clothing and bedding, including a black and white striped polo sweater that was covered in small burrs, an indication that Jared had been out in the thick woods somewhere in the relatively recent past, possibly in a bid to dispose of Ashley Young's head, feet, and hands. Police also recovered several hand towels and a pair of blue jeans that were covered in faint reddish-brown bloodstains. Detectives also began submitting several other subpoenas and search warrants to collect other vital records, like Jared Chance's phone and GPS location reports. The state's prosecution office also submitted a special investigative subpoena in a bid to question Jared Chance's mother and father after it was confirmed that Jared spent the night in their Holland, Michigan home the very Saturday night before his arrest, and that his father had indeed accompanied his son to the Grand Rapids Police Headquarters on the very same day on which he was eventually detained, but that he had refused to speak without an attorney present. They also sent a digital video recovery specialist to the Miss Tracy's party and liquor store up the block to see what they could recover in relation to the lemon-scented ammonia bottle that had been discovered in the back porch. It was that tiny green Miss Tracy sticker that would quickly set into motion a series of additional discoveries that would ultimately lead police to even more evidence and to the possible accomplices who aided Jared Chance in covering up the truth. Okay, why do you go out to Miss Tracy's? Initially, I'd been tasked with trying to collect exterior footage from the parking lot near the dumpster from both Miss Tracy's and the BP. So that was my initial reason for being there at the party store. Did you get information that uh, Jared Chance had uh, made purchases there uh, at some point? Yes, I did. When did you get that information? I recall correctly it was on December 4th, approximately 1600, which meant 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So, Tuesday, December 4th? Yes. In the afternoon? Afternoon, yes. So, uh, did you go to Ms. Tracy's to uh, look for a video of an individual by the name of Jared Chase? Yes, I was actually already there at the location when I received an email from Detective Fannin. Detective Sean Harmon with the Grand Rapids Police Department traveled the four blocks west of Jared Chance's apartment to Miss Tracy's party and liquor store, where he worked with a store manager to retrieve relevant surveillance video from both inside and out front of the establishment. Uh, Detective Harmon, uh, were you able to secure uh, video of the defendant at Miss Tracy's? Yes, I did. All right, so um, let's start with November 29th. Uh, that's Thursday. 
Is there a video? Did you secure video of the defendants uh, entering Mr. Treacy's on Thursday, the 29th? Is that a call? Yes. Um, and you know, a video of him uh, in the morning, correct? That sounds correct, yes. And then there was another video of him going there on the 29th in the evening, correct? Yes. So when you see this video, are you then able to... Um, Get assistance from the folks in this Tracy's and pull up the receipts for the matchup with the purchases on those videos. Yes, I was. You were able to do that in this case? Yes. Detective Harmon quickly identifies two separate videos that show Jared Chance visiting Miss Tracy's on November 29th, the very next day after he and Ashley Young had visited Mulligan's and the Hookah Lounge together. Jared first enters the store at 9.03 a.m. alone and purchases two cans of two-hearted ale beer along with various other grocery items using his MasterCard. In the video, Detective Harmon also notices that Jared appears to be wearing the same blue lanyard with his work ID badge and house keys that was discovered in his bloodied upstairs bathroom. In the second video, Jared can be seen re-entering Miss Tracy's party and liquor store at 10.09 p.m. on November 29th. This time, he purchases a box of black plastic trash bags, a jug of lemon-scented ammonia cleaner, and two more large cans of two-hearted ale beer. But Detective Harmon also discovered a third video when running a search to see if Jared Chance had possibly used his MasterCard for any other purchases. This new video, from the morning of Saturday, December 1st, appeared to show Jared Chance entering the store yet again at 8.22 in the morning. But before walking in the front door this time, he appears to quickly shove several items in the trash can out front of the building. He then enters and purchases three more cans of beer, a pizza, and a second bottle of lemon-scented ammonia. Only this time, he pays for the beer and pizza using his MasterCard and initiates a second cash transaction to purchase the ammonia. Detective Harmon immediately orders that the rear dumpster, which still hadn't been emptied by December 4th when he came to retrieve the surveillance video, be shipped in its entirety to the Grand Rapids Vice Unit, where technicians meticulously combed through every piece of garbage until they found the orange reusable grocery tote that Jared had placed in the garbage can out front of Miss Tracy's. Inside, they found even more damning evidence of his involvement in Ashley Young's murder. A pair of jeans, the orange bag, and the black and white bag all recovered from the dumpster. 132 would be the jeans. Uh, yes, there's a scale indicating a stain on the left knee. It's a photograph of a blue latex glove alongside the jeans that was recovered from the dumpster. Where was the blue latex glove? I believe it was in the pocket of the jeans. Jared Chance was caught red-handed on the Miss Tracy surveillance video camera, placing an orange bag into their garbage. Inside of that reusable tote, police found two plastic bags one white and one black. The bags contained both Ashley Young's college ID and her driver's license, in addition to several prescription drug bottles that all bore her name. They also found what appeared to be yet another pair of Jared Chance's jeans. This pair, like the set recovered in his bathroom, contained a large blood stain on one of the legs, in addition to a blue latex glove that had been hastily shoved inside one of the pockets. Detectives were also canvassing the East Town neighborhood, in an effort to locate Ashley Young's missing 2006 Ford Focus. And to their surprise, they didn't have to go far from Jared Chance's Franklin Avenue apartment 
to find it. I was contacted by the watch commander, Lieutenant Wilgreg. He requested that I um, take some officers and go do a grid search for the vehicle related, to, small vehicle related to the homicide. It was a 2006 gold Ford Focus, right on um, Alexander, just east of Kalamazoo. And the address that I used uh, was the closest residence that I saw was 928 Alexander. This is Exhibit 85. You recognize this photo? I do. Okay, and uh, what's going on with the front door then? I recall uh, the damage to the front door around the top of the window was pulled back and uh, broken. Police found Ashley Young's Ford Focus parked on the street, just four and a half blocks south of Jared Chance's apartment, just far enough away that it wouldn't immediately raise suspicions from police, but close enough that he could walk back home after ditching it on November 29th, the day after Ashley went missing when he asked his downstairs neighbor Mario to help him gain entry into the locked vehicle. By Wednesday, December 5th, the week following Ashley's disappearance and subsequent murder, police had also uncovered several key inconsistencies in the stories presented by James and Barbara Chance, Jared's parents, who picked him up early in the day on December 1st. According to their recollections that were captured during the special investigative inquiry, they alleged that they picked Jared up and drove him directly back to their home in Holland, Michigan, and that they returned to Grand Rapids the next day without incident, their son Conrad tagging along for the trip. But police discovered early on that the couple was lying. GPS location and cell phone tower records obtained from Barbara Chance's cell phone provider revealed that the family had actually made two stops on their way back to Holland from Grand Rapids. The discrepancy in their story was enough to garner a search warrant of their Holland home, along with the preliminary charge of perjury. But it wasn't until detectives served the resulting search warrant on their Holland, Michigan property on December 5th that they realized just how connected to the case James and Barbara Chance actually were. Upon entering and searching the Chance family property, police found another battery of crucial evidence from the case. Enough so that James and Barbara Chance would also each face another charge, this time of accessory after the fact. Um, if you could draw your attention to the yellow marker A right here. So the couch had been moved and located underneath the couch is this black and red skill saw. This is a close-up of the skill saw. This portion right here is where the blade would go in and attach to the saw. And the last photograph you've shown, if you want me to go into more detail, um, this, these pieces right here um, were similar looking to the type of materials we saw in the P-trap in the sink, appeared to be um, possible human flesh. So I took a swab and collected a sample of that. This is Exhibit 176. Did you also use one of those OBTI tests on the saw? Yes, I did. So the sample that I was just referring to, we collected and tested using the OBTI again. And you can see there's a positive result because there is a pink line at both the control and the test. Casually stashed underneath the love seat in Barbara and James Chance's living room, police found a black and red reciprocating skill saw. And on the tip, Crime scene technicians noted what appeared to be small bloody chunks of human tissue and hair. But that wasn't all they found hidden away 
in the Chance family home. Um, marker E is a large glass jar and a plastic bag of apparent marijuana. Crime scene technician Jessica Vaudry also noted the discovery of a large glass jar and a one-pound Ziploc bag filled with cannabis that had been similarly stuffed underneath the couch in the Chance living room. Police also found another brown cardboard box, similar to the one that contained Ashley Young's limbs. Only this one was smaller, about the size to conveniently transport a human head, hands, and feet, but it was already empty. Like the other box discovered at Jared Chance's apartment, this one too had a prominent Amazon shipping label attached, a label that was clearly addressed to Jared Chance at 922 Franklin Avenue. But there was even more. Crime scene technicians also discovered Jared Chance's brown wallet conspicuously tucked away in a kitchen cabinet for safekeeping. It contained various identification cards, debit, and credit cards all belonging to Chance, including the MasterCard he had used at Miss Tracy's party store to buy black garbage bags and lemon-scented ammonia. But police also found other, more damning evidence inside of James and Barbara Chance's home and vehicle as well. In their basement, Technicians discovered a bloodied shower curtain that had been hidden away in their basement drop ceiling tiles. The blood on it eventually confirmed to be a positive DNA match to Ashley Young. Tucked away in the ceiling, they also found a red and gold striped kitchen hand towel that was covered in blood. In all, crime scene technicians had positively matched blood discovered on various items throughout Jared Chance's apartment and his parents' home to Ashley Young's DNA. The bloodied shower curtain, one of the damaged, dulled, and bloodied sawzall blades, the reciprocating saw itself, Jared's bloodied jeans, the black hooded sweatshirt covered in blood and human tissue, and the kitchen floor tiles underneath the massive dark staining of blood. All of it tied Jared Chance and now his parents by association directly to Ashley Young's murder. Police also eventually made their way out to examine James and Barbara Chance's Honda CRV that had been used to bring Jared to and from their Holland, Michigan home, and it too told a horrific story. Um, anything of note uh, that we can see in this? There is a bottle right here um, that's ammonia cleaner. <laughs> And then there's a empty box of blue gloves right here. There was some discussion about soda earlier in the trial. Oh, okay. Is that two liter Dr. Pepper beside the ammonia? Yes, that's what it looks like, a two liter of Dr. Pepper. Okay. And then off to the left of Dr. Pepper. Is that famous logo for Coca-Cola? Yes. In the rear trunk of the Chance family Honda CRV, police found an empty lemon-scented ammonia bottle, identical to the one already discovered back at Jared Chance's apartment, all the way down to the tiny green Miss Tracy's price tag located on the cap. They also found several empty bottles of soda, which may or may not have been used to help cover up evidence at the crime scene, as Jared had indicated to his upstairs neighbor Mario in the days before Ashley Young first went missing. Crime scene technicians also found a blood-stained mailing label 
with Jared Chance's name and address on it, an empty box of rubber gloves, and several loose blue latex gloves inside the CRV. After discovering another collection of potentially damning evidence at James and Barbara Chance's Holland, Michigan home, both were charged with perjury and accessory after the fact on December 12, 2018. After lying to police during their initial questioning, apparently all in a bid to help cover their son's tracks as he desperately tried to clean up Ashley Young's gruesome murder and dismemberment. Jared Chance was formally indicted in January of 2019 on charges of open murder, multiple counts of tampering with evidence, mutilation, and concealing a dead body. In September of 2019, he was offered a last-minute plea deal by the state's DA's office in exchange for revealing where he hid the murder weapon and disclosing the location of Ashley Young's yet-discovered head, hands, and feet, the prosecution was willing to set his minimum allowable sentence at just 31 years in prison. There was a deal that Jared Chance ultimately declined. He wanted to go to trial instead, so in that same month of September, he did just that. And a key witness to what actually happened in the hours and days after Ashley Young had been brutally killed would inevitably take the stand. Jared's younger brother, Conrad, extremely nervous and avoiding eye contact with everyone in the courtroom, eventually testified during his trial why police didn't see the box containing Ashley Young's dismembered limbs or bloodied clothing on the front entry stairwell the first time they attempted to make contact with him on December 1st, the day before he was arrested. Conrad, I've got your mom's cell phone showing up Saturday morning, 10 o'clock, uh, at the Franklin address. Do you remember traveling to Grand Rapids Saturday morning? Uh, I don't remember which what day it was. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, we'll leave the day out for the next for now. Do you remember traveling to Grand Rapids one morning with your mom and dad? I'm not sure if it was in the morning, but we went to Grand Rapids. Okay. Uh, who's driving? I think my, uh, my, my mother. Uh, where's dad sitting? In the front seat. Where are you sitting? In the back seat. What vehicle are you guys driving? Honda's CRV. Conrad, this is exhibit 163. Is that the back of your uh, parents' Honda? Oh, yes. You and your parents are in the Honda, you come to Grand Rapids, where did you go? We went to my brother's address. And it's on Franklin Street? Yeah. Is your brother there? Yes. Did you go upstairs into the apartment? No. Where did you uh, Where did you meet your brother? He came out. And did he come out the front door or the back, back okay, door? The back door. And um, what did your brother look like? He looked uh, very ups very upset. Did you, did you and your dad help your brother load some things in the car? Yes. I don't think my dad did though. Conrad Chance confirmed during his testimony that he, his mother Barbara, and his father James all arrived in Grand Rapids to pick up Jared sometime early in the day on Saturday, December 1st. When his older brother came out of his apartment and out the back common porch, Conrad noticed that he looked extremely upset. He then began helping his brother load a barrage of bizarre objects into the family car, 
including the box with Ashley Young's limbs in it. Mind you, the limbs had already likely been dismembered and in the early stages of decomposition, some 72 hours after Ashley's initial murder on November 29th. Yeah, the box in the bucket. Do they smell? No. Nope. Do you remember where in the Honda the box in the bucket went? I believe it was in the backseat. In the backseat where people sit or the back uh, compartment? In the trunk? In the trunk? Do you mean the trunk? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, it, I, I believe it was in the backseat of like next to me. Okay. Um, you're sitting in the backseat, mop and bucket. Um, did your brother get into the, the vehicle? Yes. Okay, is he sitting, is the mop between you and your brother? I don't remember. This is exhibit 43. You recognize. The cardboard box on the left. Yes. Exhibit 43, cardboard box on the left. Did that box get loaded into the back of the left? Yes. In the trunk or in the back seat? In the, in the trunk. Do you remember if this cardboard box on the right got loaded into the Honda? I don't remember. How about this purple bag? I don't remember that either. See that pair of boots there? Yes. Did those boots end up in the Honda? I remember seeing them, but I don't remember if they were put in the Honda or not. Okay. Do you remember a garbage can being loaded in the Honda? I don't remember. You don't remember? It seemed the most common phrase uttered during Conrad Chance's testimony was, quote, I don't remember. He didn't remember helping his brother load up Ashley Young's black leather boots. He didn't remember the bright purple tote or the black garbage can that was later found on the back porch. He didn't recall ever seeing a bloodied shower curtain or the black and red reciprocating saw either. Critical evidence that had all been transported in the Honda CRV. Apparently, Nobody inside the vehicle was the wiser, except for Jared Chance. But Conrad then confirmed that before leaving Grand Rapids, Jared directed his parents to drive himself four blocks, where Ashley Young's car was parked on the street, a location her likely killer would only have been aware of. Won't you load the Honda up? Where are you going? Um, we drove around and we're looking. Jared, we went to Ashley's car. Did you know what kind of car Ashley drove? A Ford Focus, tan. And did you mention find that Ford Focus? Yes. And what's what do you do when you get to the Ford Focus? I, I think that there was some some moved stuff from the from the Ford Focus into into uh, into the. And I mean, that's who you So, uh, and just so our jury is clear, you, your mom, dad, and your brother in the Honda beside the Ford Focus? Uh, yeah, we were across the street and he walked over. Yeah, who walked over? Jared. What did Jared do with the Ford Focus? Uh, 
there was some moving of things. Did he did he take anything from the Ford Focus and bring it back to Hollywood? I don't remember. And he was taken from the heart. I believe there were some things that were taken from the. You remember what? No. Conrad Chance couldn't recall his brother loading the smaller Amazon Prime box into the Honda, either. The box, which incidentally was about the right size to store someone's head, hands, and feet. When pressed if they had made any other stops on the way home from Grand Rapids, Conrad Chance claimed yet again that he couldn't remember. He admitted on the stand during his testimony that he was high during the trip, and that he had trouble recalling the details of their approximately 30-mile journey from Grand Rapids back to Holland. But the family had made other stops, at least two of them, according to the cell phone location reports that were later pulled from Barbara Chance's cell phone. Once at a busy commercial development located at the intersection of 44th Street and Kalamazoo Avenue in town, and again at a Costco in Wyoming, just outside of Grand Rapids. Though Conrad claimed on the stand that he was too high to remember where or why they stopped, the prosecution had a theory. When pulling GPS and cell phone tower location records from Ashley Young's phone, it was last tracked to the very same busy commercial development at 44th Street and Kalamazoo Avenue in Grand Rapids at 7.45 a.m. the morning of November 29th, the very day of her murder. Prosecutors believed the family had made at least one stop to allow Jared ample time and space to dispose of critical evidence in various business trash cans and dumpsters in the area. The prosecution also surprised Conrad Chance on the stand during his testimony, confronting him with video from a Minute Mart in Holland, Michigan, at approximately 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon on Saturday, December 1st. That's you? Yes. You buy Reds, uh, beer. How many are you buying? Those are two. Why are you buying beer? My, my brother wanted some beer. Was Reds what he wanted? No. What did he want initially? Two hard ale. Okay, so Jared wanted two hard ale. Did they have any two hard ale? No. Well, they did, but not by a can, by an individual. Okay. For someone who couldn't even remember if the entire family had made two separate stops just hours before, Conrad clearly remembered purchasing two Red's Apple Ale beers for his brother. He also recalled that Jared had originally asked for two-hearted ale, but that they didn't sell it individually by the can, like his brother preferred, and like they did at Miss Tracy's. When asked where his brother Jared was during the purchase, Conrad recalled that his older brother stayed fully across the street from the Minute Mart waiting in a side alleyway before they both went to a friend's house to hang out. The rest of his memories that Saturday evening were scattered at best. Conrad claimed that Jared slept on the living room couch Saturday night, the very piece of furniture that investigators later found a one-pound bag of cannabis under, just a few feet away from the love seat where they discovered the red and black reciprocating saw. Conrad also testified that his parents slept in their usual master bedroom, and that he slept in the basement. Conrad apparently had no recollection of anyone hiding any evidence in the Chance family home that evening. There were enough convenient gaps in Conrad Chance's memory 
that investigators and the Young family were still left in the dark as to how or why Ashley Young's limbs and other critical evidence in the case had traveled with the Chance family all the way to their home in Holland, Michigan, and then back to Jared Chance's apartment without anyone noticing. After spending the night, Conrad explains during his brother's trial that they made a stop at the Grand Rapids Police Headquarters the next day before dropping Jared back off at 922 Franklin Avenue. Uh, you guys drive to Yes. Quick stop, you and your brother and father got out of the Honda, correct? Yes. Do you know where they went? They went to, into the police station. Uh, did they return to the Honda? Yes. Were they on that long? I don't remember how long it took. And did your, both your brother and father come back from the police station? Yes. Once your brother and your father get back into the Honda, where did you guys go? We went to Jared's apartment. When you get to Jared's apartment, what did you do? We moved the stuff that was that we had put in the, in the Honda back to into the landing area of the, of the uh, stairs okay. up to the apartment. So, cardboard box goes back into the landing. Yes. You don't remember if this fan was in the hunt? No, I don't remember. Do you remember if this fan box was already there when, this, when you uh, moved the cardboard box back? I don't remember. How about the purple bag? I don't remember the purple bag. Did you help your brother carry that back box up there? Yes. A mop in the bucket. Do you remember who took that out of the line? I don't remember who took it out. It ends up on the back porch, correct? Yeah. Didn't go inside the house. Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it was on the back porch. I'm not 100% sure. The garbage can that you remember being white or tan, where did that go? I don't remember. Jared Chance and his father claim they were both turned away from the Grand Rapids Police Department on Sunday, December 2nd, and told to report instead to Kalamazoo and the jurisdiction in which Ashley Young had been formally reported missing. Claims that were later disputed when Grand Rapids Police revealed that Chance refused to talk about anything unless an attorney was provided on site. He and his father left police headquarters after less than two minutes inside. He was arrested later that night after his downstairs neighbor Mario discovered Ashley Young's dismembered torso in their shared basement. It took a panel of 12 of Jared Chance's peers less than three hours to render their final verdict. Guilty on all six felony charges, including second-degree murder, tampering with evidence, mutilation of a corpse, and concealing the death of an individual. Judge Mark Trusak reflected aloud on Jared Chance's lengthy criminal history before rendering his eventual sentence on October 10th, 2019. Prior to these six felony convictions, you had four prior convictions, seven misdemeanor convictions, and a juvenile record. Before this, you'd had nine times you'd been in jail, five times you had been on probation, and you had not been in prison. This was an extremely disturbing set 
of facts and circumstances where you killed and dismembered this young lady, Ashley Young. Only her torso was found in the basement. Uh, the police, although they did an excellent job in this matter, working every possible lead, could never find Ashley's head, her hands, or her feet. Um, some of the things that stick out to me significantly is that you had bragged before this killing, shortly before, that you could kill somebody and get away with it. You also had a propensity uh, to play with a pistol and point it at other individuals. I do not believe that these guidelines appropriately take into effect uh, everything involved in this case and <clears throat> guidelines under People versus Lockridge are advisory and I need to impose a reasonable and uh, sentence that is proportionate under People versus Melbourne. I believe given the facts and circumstances of this case that I will be imposing a reasonable and proportionate sentence. Before Judge Trusak rendered his final sentence, a long line of Ashley Young's close family and friends stood at a podium in front of the courtroom, just a few feet away from where Jared Chance and his entire defense team stood facing them. Ashley's family gave their victim impact statements, reflecting on her loving character, her perpetual optimism, her generosity, her kindness, and at times, her gullibility. But it was Ashley's mother, Christine, who brought her daughter's partial remains, now cremated and stored in a cardboard box, up to the podium during her statement that had everyone in tears. It was the one and only chance she had to face her daughter's killer, eye to eye, to communicate just how devastating an impact his actions had that November 2018 day when he killed and dismembered her precious daughter. I've had this conversation with you in my mind since 12-7-2018, the day the DNA came back as Ashley's. I thought I would be able to write this with all the things that I wanted to say, but I have such a hard time concentrating. Now, I cry seven days a week. Seven! Most days is to and from work. I do not sleep well. My mind never stops. Never! I just keep going back to that last conversation that I had with Ashley. Why didn't I ask where she was going? Why didn't I ask who she was going to be with, like I normally do. Maybe I could have stopped her from going to see you. I keep trying to live every moment we had together. Ashley, I miss you every moment of every day. When I was 18, I was told I would never have children by a doctor. I thank God he gave me the gift of Ashley. 
even though it was for a very short period of time. God gave me that gift. You had no right to take her from me. To take her from her family. Ashley, you brought so much to our lives. You were so loving, so caring. I miss your 20-second hugs. Did Ashley ever give you a 20-second hug? Your big, beautiful eyes and your smile. I miss your laughter. I miss talking to you. And I miss you. I miss Ashley. Jerry Chance, I hate you. I want to rip you limb for limb and discard you like trash. Like what you did to Ashley. You do not deserve to breathe. You do not know what, I do not know what Ashley saw in you. That was worth saving. Ashley did nothing to you. She did not deserve this. Ashley was your friend, right? She was your friend. You chose to execute her. You chose to dismember her. You chose to scatter her remains. You chose to do all of this. For every action we take, there is a reaction. You can blame no one but yourself for these choices that you made. You stole Ashley's future, her college graduation, Ashley's chance to get married and have children. The one thing she wanted to do more than life is have children. You chose to take that from her. After Christine Young gave her heart-wrenching victim impact statement, holding tightly the box of Ashley's remains, complete with a picture of her late daughter, bright-eyed and smiling back at the courtroom, the back of her black shirt emblazoned in bold white letters that read, Mom of Angel Ashley. Judge Trusak rendered his final sentence, swiftly and without hesitation. Uh, you, sir, in my mind, are a very evil individual, you are clearly a monster without any conscience whatsoever, and you are someone who is a danger to society and should never be allowed free. Accordingly, it is the sentence of this court with regards to the second-degree murder that you be committed to the Michigan Department of Corrections to serve a minimum of 100 years to a maximum of 200 years. I am purposely doing this so that you will not be eligible for parole until you are at least 130 years old. Accordingly, with regards to the other charges, it is on the uh, evidence tampering. You will serve concurrent terms on all three counts of 10 years to 100 years. With regards to the mutilation, you will serve concurrent terms of 10 years to 100 years. 
with regards to the concealing of death, you'll serve a concurrent term of six years to 100 years. Accordingly, this is the final sentence of the court. You had a trial. You have a right to appeal. You have received your appellate uh, information. Accordingly, this sentence is concluded. Take him to prison, please. With regard to their charges of perjury and accessory after the fact, Barbara Chance pleaded no contest, eventually receiving 45 days in jail with one year of probation on electronic monitoring. James Chance pleaded not guilty to the charges, eventually going to trial in 2020. He was found guilty of accessory after the fact and acquitted by a jury of perjury. He received 30 days in jail and one year of probation on electronic monitoring for his role in transporting Ashley Young's dismembered remains from Grand Rapids to Holland, Michigan and back again. At his father's trial, Conrad Chance testified that his brother Jared disposed of something in the family's fire pit upon first arriving in Holland before eventually confessing to murdering and dismembering Ashley Young's body to his family.